Blog Talk Radio.
there. I am JJ Axwhite, president of Ohio Metaphysical Society. Our meetings are at the Healing Brew in Merriman Valley, uh, first Friday of the month. So welcome uh, for everyone, and I hope we have some new people as well as some, some people that have been uh, supporting us all along. Okay, um, if you register for the meeting tonight, a day ahead, then your name is put in a basket for a drawing. We'll probably do it after the break for a free reading from me, uh, JJ. And it's usually done a couple of weeks after the meeting, and I do it on the phone. And it can be anything from karma to relationships to career, whatever uh, emphasis that you want to have on it. Again, that's if you register up to a day ahead of the meeting. Okay, tonight we have the fascinating uh, topic of past lives. I don't know anyone who isn't fascinated and loves that topic. So uh, Bonnie Albers is a registered nurse and an LNC and a CLC licensed life coach specializing in relationships of all kinds. She's a spirit medium and psychic intuitive life coach and a love astrology and numerology and she incorporates those into her readings she's a ceo and the host of bonnie albers on air at blog talk radio which has been the top metaphysical show for 14 years running and instagram which is on at least twice a week bonnie has been fascinated with past lives all among all metaphysical subjects since she was in her early 20s. Bonnie, thank you for being Hi, thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. Uh, today, I'm so excited that I get to talk to all of you. It's a journey, as you all know. Metaphysics is a journey. You start with one thing, you get fascinated with many. And hopefully, you incorporate that with everything you do. So, I just want to clarify, I've had a show on blog talk for the past 14 years, and I love every minute of it. I'm a ham, as you can see, because I'm a vegetarian, and I love to be seen, and I love to be heard. So today is really a pleasure for me to be here with you. Um, one of the things I have done is I've had worked with the Ohio Paranormal Society um, to help investigate some, you know, haunted places that they asked me to go in. Well, one of my true love is past lives. And I've got to tell you a little bit about the beginning of life. So I love relationships. And if you talk to me, it's all based on that we're all, we all have relationships. We have relationships with our friends, with our relatives, with our pets. We have relationships with our bosses. We have relationships to coffee. If you love coffee, well, I can't drink it anymore. So I've always been fascinated by relationships. But you think about it. And you hear people say, Oh, you're my soulmate. Oh, you're my twin flame. Really, how do you know? Because that would mean that you've had past lives. Or that would mean that you knew them from before. How can you be a soulmate if you were the first soul here? So it fascinated me. And probably 36 years ago, a book that I started to read, because I'm a nurse, so my 3D degree is real based in medicine. And I thought, if I'm going to get into this, uh, I'm going to have to read something that's 
you know, is done by doctors and PhDs because of that one review like I now know that Winslow actually did that. But so the book that started me in all this has fascinated me. And I actually gave it to some doctors that I worked with and it changed their life on religion and how they feel about the afterlife. And the first book I'm wondering if you all know is written by Dr. Brian White. It's called Many Lives, Many Masters. I picked this up about 37 years ago, 38 years ago. So he's really the one that is the forefather to me and many people that I talk to on past lives. And if you haven't read this book, it is worth you getting because he was a non-believer. He did not believe in any of this. He's, he's, a, he's an MD. He was a psychiatrist, we had a psychiatrist. And I was practicing in Miami at the time when someone called him in to see a patient. He's in fact probably 30 years ago was really big for hypnotherapy and you know they really do all this work with hypnotherapy. And they told him that the girl who they wanted him to help, if he couldn't help, they were gonna to have to fire. Well, this is the journey of how he now understood after he was with this patient that we all have past lives and the proof was what she said to him. So I don't want to give the book away because it's really worth reading, but this is how I feel. If you're really interested in past lives, this will blow your mind. And it was written close to 40 years ago. You did other books? And I, I would love to give you the story, but, you know, I really do hope that you read it. You've got three up, two other books, but the book that I have right there that I told you about is probably $10 at work you read it. Because of what he wrote and because of what he found out that we all come and we've known each other before. We've been with each other before. We've been many lives. You're not just who you are today. I'm not just who I am today. You guys were on the phone, but everybody said I wasn't. So, I believe we all have reasons to be here. Uh, some of them, you could, I could look at you and tell you where I think you came from, how many years behind, because I became uh, very fascinated. It started to come to me. And, uh, and, and so, to me, it all starts with relationships and past lives. Uh, you might find out that you're not who you think you are. Uh, you know, I can said I was Cleopatra, I was this or that, and everybody looked at me and a friend of mine who's very proficient past life said, you wish you were Cleopatra. So I can only tell you that your journey of finding out who you are, many lives, is a really interesting one, and it would be one that I would suggest that all of you do if you're interested in it. Next, the book, and then I'm going to stop with the book. It is written by, the reason I'm telling you this, Michael Newton, and he did a PhD, and he wrote Journey of Souls. He wrote Journey of Souls, Destiny of Souls, and Memories of the Afterlife. This is another groundbreaker. And he was a student of Brian White. Now, most of the people that are doing past life regression and past life are uh, from uh, Michael Newton's school, because he started a school of past lives. Because I'm a spirit medium and a psychic, I believe we can all do it ourselves. 
of time, you know, we're going to be able to go into the whole of, of you know, of, uh, archives. It might be somebody have to prompt you to see what's in your book, but it's so worth the journey. And I'm going to give you a couple of examples of why it's important and why I feel finding out about past life and who you've been to actually help your or give you some insight of diseases or phobias and fears that you have in this life. And that's what Brian White wrote about. But here's a good example. If you're a fear of the water, okay, they've taken people back who they found out have drowned maybe four lifetimes ago. And each time they come, they're trying to overcome that, you know, um, that fear. The only way that you really can do it is keep coming back and trying to learn and experience and uh, get to someone that can help you move through that fear. So that's when you come into spirit mediums, you come into um, that therapist that'll do it. Um, I'm not a big fan of hypnotherapists. I love them, but they can't ever put me into. I just my brain won't go there. <laughs> I got to do it myself. Uh, and so we have helped, and I'm a nurse. I've seen it help many people, fears and phobias uh, of certain things in this lifetime. That fear of flying. Everyone that I know that has a fear of flying, and I don't know many, but they go to a hypnotherapist, they do sessions, and then they work on that fear of flying. And this lifetime, they get rid of it. They hope to have an answer to why they had a fear. And I feel like once they do have that answer, it helps them move past their fears and phobias. Um, I also love the idea of thinking about um, soulmates. And I know everyone out there has heard, oh, I met my soulmate. Really? Well, you met your soulmate. I'm also a marriage counselor. And I said, well, I guess you met three soulmates because you've divorced three times and you're looking for your what next soulmate. So people don't understand also. We come with many soulmates. Um, twin flames are a different story, but they are all from the past. You could meet somebody that you've had a relationship from the past and you have an immediate aversion or immediate love for this person and you, you can't figure out why. Well, a lot of times we can pick that out of a past life. I'm fascinated with all of it and I hope you all are too. Uh, I look at people and I listen to people and I can pretty much pick out where or what type of life I felt you had. Now remember, I say that but we just don't have one life. We have many lives. And we don't know where the beginning of time is because we're talking about Earth planets. And we do know that there are people who have lives on other planets. So if you believe that, and that's something that is in your mindset, because I do believe that we aren't the only ones here. And I also believe that our souls grow every time we come because of lessons we need to learn. And so I would believe that we all have had past lives on other planets. And uh, I know a few people that are in my realm that are on my show that I can pick out right away that I know they're not from here. So 
with saying that, um, past lives to me are medicinal because we can find out how we can help you in this life with any type of fears, phobias, um, lessons that you need to learn this time. And it's so interesting to see that even with your friends. So if I'm, I, I don't know, I'd love to, and I'll give you a couple examples of a friend who is in London. He does past lives, and somebody asked, one of the publishers over there, asked if they could do a book. How can we prove that it was there was past lives, which is super interesting. And so he met a guy that swore that he that his brother was so-and-so, but it wasn't really his brother, and he met him on a ship. So they, they asked him if he would trace back that guy's life, and my friend did. Found out that in the 1700s, these two guys were brothers. They went onto a ship. One died on that ship, and the other one actually came to America. And when you say, oh, well, how did he prove it? When they went back to do all the research, there was a picture of that, you know, gentleman, and it looked almost exactly like the guy that he had, you know, brought back to that 1700. And the point I'm I don't want to give the whole thing away, which is why it sounds crazy, but they're going to write a book about it. So the next way, another example I'd like to hear, and then I'm opening up for questions, if anybody wants questions. Uh, the next Example I'd like to give is there is a guy I'm sure you all heard about in India. He is an eight-year-old boy who swore that he had a wife in a village probably 10 miles from where he was. And he told his mom, you're not my mom, I'm, I'm a man. Um, they jumped it when he could talk. And it's been documented. You could probably Google this, uh, this uh, past life. He finally, after the age of 10, got to the village, found his wife, found everything, gave examples, names, and everything. And they claimed it was a miracle. But I claim we have all of that. We, it, we do have miracles that happen, of course. But because I feel like by seven, the veil kind of closes on that to some of us, his veil never closed because he knew from the age, I think, three or four, who he was. So, how, you know, you think, how do you explain that? The only way you can explain it is through past life. And that he came back here remembering his last past life. So, saying that, um, is there anybody out there that loves past lives and would like to ask me any questions on it? Because I could keep going on about it. But I'd love to hear what you feel. And, and you can always ask
but I believe we are the first shield to let you know that you've been other people, you've been other places. And I know if you ask people I know, they'll all say, well, I feel deja vu to this area, or I don't know, I've, I've got an affinity to London, which I do, so that's what I'm saying. And I know I've had sex lives there. Uh, yeah. I'm wondering if somebody's interested in uh, finding out more about past lives, what's the first and second step? So for me, I to read about it. I'm not a big reader, but I'm ADHD and reading is not great for me, but the one by Brian White will get you started. I also took a course, which, you know, you all can do on your own if you want. And it, it shows you how to get in touch with your past life. And that's why Michael Newton has so many, it's very expensive though, to do it. You can, you know, you get a hold of, you can Google Michael Newton's school of, you know, past lives. And there are many people in different states that will help you uh, realize your past life. I go into the, what we call the, uh, the archives, where your, um, your hall of justice, where your um, past lives are kept. It's, you know, they, they, you have to get through the archivist. They, they get your scroll out. You can look through the scroll, and you can then tell us who you were, because we can't read your scroll. You have to go in and read it. Um, so the first thing I would probably do if you're interested in it is I probably read the study that we do it prospectively is to read Brian Brian Wright Weiss's book, Many Lives, Many Masters. Once you do that, if you really want to pursue and see who you are, do you can I ask you a question? Do you feel that you are are someone? Or do you feel that you might have been Live or lived in a different part of the of, of the world. Yes. Okay. Where do you feel you fit? Well, when I, I, 20 years ago, I was in Africa, Cameroon, Africa, and I was in a village. My daughter was in the Peace Corps, and when I was with the children there, I had an experience where um, my heart, like physically, cracked open. And I was so connected with the kids in that class, I felt like I had been there before. Absolutely. So when you, when, that's why I asked you, because when I hear that, it lets me know where you felt you had a past life. Do you have one past life? No, you have many of them. So that's one of your past lives that you were taken to and shown. Just think about it. How did you get there? Oh, well, I went to visit my daughter who was in the Peace Corps. Right. But, you're, but you think about it. How did your daughter end up there in the Peace Corps? She could have ended up anywhere, right? Well, that is true. And it's interesting because when she joined the Peace Corps, they told her that she wanted to go to, um, she wanted to go to Africa. They wanted to send her to Russia. And she said, no, no, no. I cannot go to Russia. I have to go to Africa. They said, but you speak Spanish. You don't speak French. And we would be sending you to Cameroon, which is French-speaking. She said, well, then teach me how to speak French. They sent her on a crash course to speak French so that she could go there to Cameroon, which is on the equator on the uh, east, west coast. See, I would, when I 
see that as you're talking. It was, I would say to you, there's no coincidences. They wanted you there. They wanted you to see what past life you had and how it affected you. So if you feel that way, it changed your life. Did you change any way after coming back? I'm not sure. I don't know. I just know that I, I've never had an experience where, where I felt as much love just like pouring out of me as I did in that whole school world. So, and I love that. So I look at your life now. And what do you do now? What what Can I ask what's your 3D? Do you have a 3D job here? Well, actually, I'm retired. I was a nurse. And um, so I'm, I'm not working at a job. Um, I wasn't always a nurse. I'm a nurse. And I'm retired. So if I looked at your life and I looked at what you did in Africa, I would say to you this. So that life, and I'm sure many other lives, you were in either a healing or a caring energy and that you were helping people, whether it was helping the children, whether you were in that village for a reason, you could have been a teacher in that village, that's what I feel, but that now you're in a nurse position. Think about it. So if you felt the love in that life, and then what you do here as a nurse is you're really giving love because for you to heal and help heal people, which is, what you do as nurses, we, we are very um, hands-on with healing, even though we're not the only ones. You've got doctors and you've got all kinds of others. You're in almost the same uh, genre of what you were in that life, only in a different way. So I'm looking at you, and I'm, I'm thinking to myself, you've had many lives. And what's funny is um, I keep feeling that you've had a life in which we, we go back and forth, but I feel like you had a male life, but I don't think it was back then. I'm male. thinking up that you have a male life, and this is crazy, and I don't know why I'm hearing it, but I feel like, and I'm looking at you, it, it was either in Ireland or in Scotland. Uh, Scotland. They're showing me a lot of back there, too, and I feel that you were on the battlefield as one of them. And that's why, and I feel like there was a nurse there or some medic or whatever you want to call it way back. And that you really wanted to emulate that in your life to come forward. I feel like that was probably the one right before the African one. So you've been in a lot of healing uh, modalities, even though you were on battlefield at that one. Um, and then I also feel that you were in Ireland, and I see uh, like a potato, <laughs> but anyway, and you had a thought. So I feel like you have been in a caring situation for many, many lifetimes. And I think after this lifetime, you've got it right. And I believe that, not that you have not it right, that one. And I believe you'll be going on to another aspect of your soul moving forward. Thank you. And is, and is there any other, you know, it, when I talk about past lives, I could talk about it for three hours. I could tell you about every stage in this book. And if you are interested in it, I can tell you what um, Brian White found out in that book. But I kind of want you to read it because I think it's going to be much more impactful if you guys read it. Unless you do want me to tell you, which I'm a big fan, so I could. But something. <laughs> 
So you don't feel that you don't feel in your life that people say you're one way, but you feel you're another. Well, okay, the way that they view me is very positive. Okay. And, and how do you view yourself? How do I view myself? I, I view myself as very positive also, but um, it's been really hard and a lot of work. Okay, so if you view yourself very positive and they view you as positive, then you are here, right, to impact others. And you are you and you're learning to impact others by giving them support and being positive because probably in a past life you haven't done that and that there you're working through all that and in this life you're becoming who you really want to be because that's how your soul grows that's so that's when true. I, that's very accurate that's I'm very, sorry that's very accurate um, okay. I, a lot of people who need me and I, you know, and I, I help them out a lot. Is there anybody here also has any pets? Because, okay, because we, we also have relationship with our pets and we also have, did you ever look in your pet's eyes and say, oh, he is human. I know they're human or she is human. And um, you almost, you, you know, I look at people and I see that their pets mean, I mean, they give you unconditional love. So um, you can look at a pet and say, I know that I've been with that pet before. That pet I just love so much. I'm sure we've been together, you know, in other relationships, in other situations, in other lives. So pets can do that. So is there anybody who loves their pets so much they know they've been with, with them in other lives? Okay. Who, who said yes? Okay. Um, and you're right because they choose down here to give us unconditional love, so that we are able to feel that because we might not feel that from humans as much as them. Just remember that we we have to take care of them, so they depend on us. So what do they do? They give us unconditional love. You can't say that about every human. So pets are also karmically related to us, too. And I, I wanted to bring that up because there are so many people who love their pets. I can't, you know, it's just their pets mean everything they don't understand. Some people's pets better food than other people's pets, or even them. So pets are also included in that karmic responsibility. Now, let me tell you also, you asked a question about how past lives affect us in this life. Is that what you asked? Because there was a two-part question yeah. for what um, you would ask. Yeah. Okay. So, I'm going to say absolutely. And one of the ones that I gave you was, if you read Brian Rice's book, is um, fears and phobias. So, we, and another thing is we also bring scars from past lives um, to this life. So fears and phobias, I used to have a fear of claustrophobic. Okay. So when, and I'm not claustrophobic anymore, but I used to be. I didn't like to be put, like, you couldn't, I don't want to be in a closet. I don't want to be under the bed, you know, all that stuff. And so when I looked at why, I found out that probably 
you know, because we can't close them. That in the past life, I was either locked in a, you know, locked away or I was in prison. And so when I came to this life, it brought that with me and it took me some time to work through that. I realized in this life, I'm not in prison. I'm, I know that I can't be, you know, scared of that anymore and I need to break that cycle. And I did. I broke that cycle pretty early. So the other thing would be, um, would be scarred. So we know that some some of the people that we see on battlefields and they come and they be are transgressed and said, oh, they were in this war and that war and they were stabbed and they come with a scar actually in this lifetime. So it's really interesting when you get into past life and get into really um, looking at them, you can see here's a good example. Another one of my friends met a girl. Okay, I don't want to give his name because he's also metaphysical. And she's, I, I, you know, she's not metaphysical, but she really loves it. And he swears she was Ursula from Egypt because that's who he's been looking for for all these lifetimes. And I'm like, oh, come on, you know. And he goes, Bonnie, she's got the scars where she was stabbed. And when I, you know, of course, he showed me, she had the exact scar of where she was stabbed. Now, there's something I do want to get into. And I'm doing this because I think all of us need to know this. We, like, when you say she was Ursula, so she comes to this life and you say she's Ursula. She's not just Ursula. She's made of, who else was Ursula? Because Ursula lived a long, long time ago. And who was she before she was Ursula? Even though these are, you know, ancient Egyptians. And what we what we think is, oh, well, I'm Cleopatra and I'm King Arthur and I'm Queen Victoria. But really, when you look, you might have a speck of them in there because we all come as other people. We have been other people. And that spark, this lifetime, might take over. But you're not just one person. You're not just who, you know, you think you might be. You're made up of millions of other selves and people before them. And that's a hard concept for some people to understand. And I'll give you another example. So a friend of mine had a reading. We were doing readings on, um, it was a weekend of readings in London. And he told one of the people who he had a reading with that he was, that he rocked Jesus, that he was Jesus. Okay. I happen to be Jewish, so to me, I'm, I don't like organized religion. And to me, Jesus was a prophet and a great man and all kinds of stuff. So when you say that to me, he was a healer. Okay. Well, the guy took it so directly that he went around telling everyone. And it, he was almost psychotic. Well, what he meant was that he looked at what Jesus was here for. I'm giving you some examples of it just happened. He was a healer, and he was a great prophet. So if you take those qualities, because you're not Jesus, you, you, might, you might get fucked of him, because he was a million other people too, then what you're here to do is help people, and you're here to help heal, which he was, he's a healer. And you're here to um, not be prejudiced, and to take, you know, to help people in their worst need time. But he took it that he was Jesus. And unfortunately for this gentleman, he, he's almost off his rocker, 
And that's the shame part of people who, you know, who don't understand about half lives. We're just not one of the people. We're the part of this. Any other questions? Does that make sense to you?
He's saying thank you for letting them help you because some people would. Does that make sense? He also, some people have a good sense of humor. He's not shouting to that much more. Um, he's coming much more um, philosophical. So we see a real, so in life, I'm going to say, you see a philosophical guy. Yeah, that's what I mean by philosophical. Like someone's someone having jokes. He's not laughing. It's not that he doesn't have a good sense of humor, but how the shut to me is. So I, I want to say learned or, you know, philosophical life, not in the word, but he comes very serious. And not serious, meaning he's just serious. He, he's coming to talk to you seriously versus, you know, doing like, So when I see that, I want to say that he, he's a very learned man in this, in this, if he was in his lifetime. Yeah. yeah. And, he, and he does, he does like to do acknowledgement. <laughs> That he that he's um, around you and that he's your guide because he says you have many guides. So I'm going to leave that with you because that wasn't what our show is about. <laughs> um, let me ask another question um, to everybody. So have you? I don't know how many are married and how many are. Uh, how many of you, and you can raise your hand, feel like that who you married, even if you're divorced, um, you knew before, like you just knew them from before. And how did it work out for you? Some good, some bad. <laughs> well, I'm gonna get into that. That's, that's what I love. So the thing is that people come and they are your soulmate, you know, People will say, like I began that conversation and said that some people say, oh, I, I'm marrying my soulmate. Well, your next year they're divorced. Oh, I'm not a soulmate. Well, they are always a soulmate because they're here to teach you something. Some are here to laugh. Some are here to get you through and learn something. Some are here to make you miserable because you now know what you want better. So they're all your soulmate. And usually when you feel like you know someone, there's a couple different scenarios. One is you meet somebody, you met them in third grade, you're now 98, you hold hands, you had a family, you have a great house, and you die together. We call it, you know, my nurse friend will tell you, they say well, you, you die within a year of each other because you're really here for each other and you're to die of a broken heart. Well, so, since you're used to me interrupting you, I'm going to interrupt you real quick. We're going to do a, a quick break and then we'll reconvene here in a couple minutes, all right? Okay. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Mike, you can unmute us and then we'll, uh, we'll reconvene here in a couple minutes. All right. Um, so, I have one name to look at that prepaid. I don't have their name. And actually, I have two. I have two names. Those two that worked online, I have no name for them. 
I can give you two names, okay. and I'll do that. I'll do that way. Yes. That's all I can do because okay. my other two, two long hair did not. Okay. I have their email. I don't have a name. Yes. I think I do. I don't know if I do. Unmuted. Back to Zoom and recording in progress. Thank you, Bonnie. Hi, everyone. With that, yeah, I'm going to do a quick uh, raffle for a reading from me for the people that have uh, pre-registered, and Brian's going to draw for the for the name. We'll sign that too. Did not. Yeah. Okay, we have drawn Rhonda. She's on Zoom. She's on Zoom. So, oh, sorry, I'm getting confused. So, Rhonda, you have won a reading from me, and I'm going to give you my card. <laughs> but since I can't do that, I'll have to read off my, uh, my fake phone number here. 440-218-2971. That is my public number. Again, it's 440-218-2971. I'll need your name, your date of birth, the place that uh, you were born, and if you have it, your exact time. Time must be within four minutes. So if mom doesn't know, then we just, we'll just go with what we have. So give me a call and uh, get, your, get your reading. Okay. Thank you, Bonnie, for the interruption. Oh, <laughs> JJ, hold on a second. Do it again. We were we were muted. Someone, go ahead and repeat the the winner of the drawing. We were muted. It was Rhonda. Rhonda, from, it was sorry, minor glitch. That's okay. Uh, we just did a drawing here locally at the Healing Crew. Uh, if you register uh, within a day before the meeting you are automatically put into a raffle for a free astrological um, reading from me. The person who just won was Rhonda, and Rhonda needs to uh, give me a call since, do we have the contact information? For, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Mm Okay. All right, I will contact you, Rhonda, and uh, thank you, Bonnie, for letting me set her up, and back to you.
able to walk away from this life either making up karmic that we need to make up and just not accruing anymore, which is hard when we're human. So I'm going to go back to the, to the uh, soulmate thing. So we all have soulmates. Some laugh, some we learn lessons from, some we teach, and some and some we say goodbye to. And I always try to encourage everyone to not think of it as, especially when it doesn't work out, that it's a failure or that it didn't work out, there must be something wrong with me, which is where I see couples and, and where I see people. And what I'd like you to look at is on a, on a past life issue um, is that you are making up something or learning something. So it's not a good or a bad thing. It, and, and that's what I'm tr- I try to tell all my clients. And when they look at it like that, it helps them move on. Uh, you can understand when it's a terrible, terrible divorce, and I, I go through this, this terrible breakup, it's usually because when there is so much hate, there's so much love behind it. And you know what happens with that. It's like this. So... Uh, just realize that life is all about lessons. We learn lessons, and soulmates are about teaching us. We might be the ones teaching. They might be the ones teaching us. We hope they all work out. I mean, I've been married for 46 years, um, and, you know, life is waves. It's whether you all hang in there, and you can hang on that board. Sometimes it's just not meant to be. So, and I'm big about, I don't live my life unhappy and wouldn't want you to. So, that's what I think about soulmates and about um, relationships karmically and past lives. Here's another example of past life issues. So, you know that meeting the same kind of person. You went through four boyfriends or two husbands and they all end up being the same kind of person. And we say you can take the meat food off and it's the same person. And so what we ask you to do is say, in the past, that's the kind of person you were attracted to, whether it's abusive or whether they're um, they're narcissistic or whether they're um, only looking out for themselves. And you seem to keep having the same pattern. What we do in my practice is say, let's break that pattern with many lifetimes doing that, let's break it now. Who kind of person you really want? Let's look 180 degrees the other way instead of 360, which would pull you right back to that same karmic curve. And so, past uh, lives are absolutely essential to look at in this lifetime. Uh, is there, and, and another thing is, we have, uh, we look at focus and fear that are the biggest ones that people go for. And um, and I can tell you that they have been really, really helpful to look at a past life to learn why you have that and take them into this life. So is there any questions? Because I love my friends on. Any, any other questions that I can help you with? Anything that you want to know about for so anyone who has a affiliate, like affiliation with a certain part 
it was great. So I went to grad school of scholarship in audiology. And it's been the perfect profession for me, honestly. Okay. Let me ask you about getting a feeling for you. So let me ask you this. When you were, when you did the people that tethered into the audiology, were you listening to them? Did you do the audiology without hearing? Do you feel like you listen to people, not because of your profession, but do you, are you a good listener? Uh, I think so. Yeah, I could feel that. Because I have this feeling that in one of your past lives, and again, you can all say, well, we can't prove it, but always look at professions that people go in. Um, when he said audiology, I could see a huge ear. And what I pick up from you is that in one of your past lives, unfortunately, that people weren't listening to you. And you didn't have the authority or the means to have people hear what you had to say. And it bothered you your whole life, or that lifetime. And you really were, were really not um, able to get far because your voice wasn't heard. So when they hand me a big ear, what I understand is that you you wanted you wanted to be somebody in, in one of your lifetimes that was compassionate and helped people hear. So I do believe it, that you didn't fall into that um, in any type of oh it's a mistake. It actually was the profession they wanted you to have so that you could feel good that you're finally hurt. And people do hear you because you're giving tests and other things to them so that you can see how well they hear. I can see that big ear in my head, so, so strong. So I know that one, you're compassionate, two is you listen, and three is I feel like when people meet you, they feel really comfortable with you because they feel that you're listening. Uh, you know, they don't say I'm body for nothing, I mean. <laughs> Now, I want everybody, I want to do an exercise with you all, if you'll, if you'll indulge me. Um, somebody did this for me, and I want you to be able to do this at home. Um, again, you asked how to start with this, and if you have a curiosity on past lives. And as I'm talking, you can see how it touches on everything in metaphysics, from karma to fears and phobias to past relationships to these relationships. So I don't believe in coincidences. It's not something I believe in. I believe that every action was meant to be that action, whether it was challenging or not challenging. So if I was everybody here and I really wanted to get into anything, I'd first read that book from Brian White. If this does not fascinate you, you would be looking you know, at, at really wanting to delve real deeply into this. For that lady who does, as she's a people past life, honey, the success that it that will help you with people your whole lifetime because you'll actually know people from, you know, you'll be able to judge what kind of people and where you've been, and that's important. So if I ask you all to shut your eyes, I'm just going to walk you through one of the um, modalities that somebody that teaches this does, 
You're not going to be able to do the whole thing, but I'm going to walk you through it if you'll let me. So I'm going to ask you all to shut your eyes, and I'm going to walk you through it. So I want you to shut your eyes. I want you to envision a walkway. And let that walkway be in the middle of a forest. Now that walkway, can, you can have cement going through, you can have a dirt path, you can have sand, you can have brick. But that walkway is probably about three and a half inches, I'm sorry, three and a half feet wide, and it is going deep into a forest. Okay, so I want you to keep walking on that path. And when you get to a building, I want you to look probably about a quarter mile down. And I'll, because we're all doing this, you can get there quickly. And I want you to envision what you see in front of you is a building. And that building, I want you to remember what it looks like. Now you're going to go up some stairs. So that building has about 10 stairs. And you're going to go up those stairs. And when you get up those stairs, you're going to see to the left, there's an elevator. And you're going to go to the elevator. We're going to push the down button. And we are going to get into the elevator. And we're going to take, we're going to go down to the second floor because we're up above the second floor. We're going to go down to the second floor. Okay, now the elevator opens. And you get out of the elevator. And in front of you is a huge door. Now, you can't go in that door. You have to stay in there. Because the people who are in that building know who you are. And this is the archivist that holds all of your past lives. But you cannot walk in there until they're ready to give you the book. So when I let you know that you can walk in there, that means the archivists have put your book on a table. Okay, look at the door that sits in front of you, that's in front of you, because you're going to describe that to me when you come out. You're going to open that door, and you'll see a long path, that's, and there is a table that's lit up. There's no one in the room, because the archivist will not let you see them. And you're going to walk to the table with the light. And on that table is a book with many pages open, but there's nothing on the pages. You don't see anything on there. I want you to look again, and I want you to see if there's anything written on the right side or the left side or both. Any words that you see, any symbols that you see, and when you're done, raise your hand.
You are still looking. All right. It looks like all of you. So I want you to keep your eyes shut and you're going to turn around and go back the same way to the door that you were just at. You're going to open the door and you're going to shut it. You're going back to the elevator and you're going to press the button and you're going to get in the elevator. And now you're going to press the button to go up to the fourth floor. When you get out of the elevator, you can open your eyes. No, I'm sorry. Get out of your elevator. Sorry. Look and see that you have those steps that you walked up and walk down the steps. And then walk back to the path that you walked to the, to the building. And when you get to the end, you can open your eyes. Remember, you have about a quarter mile. When you're all building your eyes, where is your hand? So we're going to start. You were just in the hall of justice. That's where your book lies. The only person that can read your book is you, unless you ask somebody or somebody can see your that they can't read your book. So we're going to start. Somebody who wants to start, I'm going to start with the nurse over to the right. Did you see anything in the hall of justice? Did you see anything written on your book? Yes. I saw a key. A key. A key. A key. A door key. A door key. Oh, oh, a door key. Um, I wish that you all had pencil and pens, because I want you to remember that. So you saw a key, and was it a picture on there, and there was no word or anything? No, it was just a, a fancy key, like um, a old-fashioned key. Yeah, I saw that. I can see like it. Okay, so that's a clue. So what? So you saw that key, and we're going to keep. I want you to write this down. You know, I wish that we had paper because this is going to be clues for you. That means I would look at that in the fifteen or seventeen hundred. So that's going to give you a clue of where they want you to go. Okay, is there anybody else who can raise their hand? Tell me what they saw. On their they saw. Okay. Um, the one right, I can't see you that well, yeah, right you know, um, Brian, can you help me pick the people, please, because I can't see everybody. Yeah, um, thank you for being here. I um, saw music notes and various types of clefts. I saw bass clefts, I saw treble clefts, I saw alto clefts, and just everything was all like written music notes. So, we look at that and we look at and we say to ourselves, who could you have, could you have created music? Um, where could you have created it? And could, it be, could you be somebody who has, well, Beethoven, you have to tell me what the notes were. So you, that would be something. So to me, when you see that, it means that you created music. And when did you create that music? Did you see all, did you see the music? Jumping off the page, was it was it stationary? Was it on both pages? It was stationary, yes. It was on both, both pages. 
that means you're a composer. You were a composer. And, you know, I'm just going to put this. You haven't been that far along. I would say it was your last half life, actually. So that's interesting. Is there anyone else? Please, everyone else. I love this quote, but you need to write this down. I will come back. We can talk about that. You need to explore who you were in your past life. Okay. Can you think? Let me talk. Yeah. Gabriel. Okay. Yeah. My building was actually a pyramid and it was black. I don't know if that's about. Uh, I knew this was coming out. Your building. It's okay. Your building is that's the building they went into, which means to me you're looking at more of the Egyptians. And it's totally everything else. I don't know. We were just talking about it. Anubis was standing outside the door, and all the symbols in the book were, um, what do you call it? Hieroglyphs? Yeah. That's amazing. There was a crescent uh, moon, an onk, of course, a feather, one that looks like the so what I want you to do tonight, if you can, when you get back, take those symbols, put them on a piece of paper, and look them up, because they will tell you the
when people were writing the Bible. Now, again, I don't do religious. It could be any type of, and what's funny is he's back there with the Arabic. You're being a religious. You can't make this stuff up. So go with that. And I, and okay, you have somebody raising, okay. So how about the lady sitting in between? Room. On the left side was like a side photo of Annabelle. I'm sorry, I can't hear real well. Go ahead. I can usually, and I don't need all the but it's a side view of Annabelle. Anubis. Anubis. Very important one, of course, they're all important. But it, it, I. 
feel like you were part of a tribe, meaning that you were uh, indigenous people, and that um, this probably was about two lifetimes before, and then um, and it was not an easy life. So, and I love when I meet Indians or indigenous people who you've been because they're really the spirit, you know. That, that really, they were in touch with the spirit first, you know, before, not, you know, certainly were older than that, but they are the ones that really believe in spirit. They believe in ancestors, in karma, in past lives, in future, you know, future lives. They believe in medicine men and people that could heal through natural ways. So, and I do believe that um, I can see you as one of them. And I can consider it there. And I can see, you know, I'm only looking at Pocahontas because that, that would be the Indian that I would like to. I'm only because I can think of. But um, I do believe that they're telling me that um, if you look back, there's tribes that, that are here that were either French, they were up in the uh, Ohio, Minnesota Valley, somewhere in there, you should start looking. But I believe that you're attached to one of the indigenous tribes. And then, Bonnie, I have two on Zoom who want to share, if you don't mind. Okay. I'll wait. All right. One second here. Um, Andreas, I'll go ahead and unmute you if you want to share. able to hear you. It's breaking up. Andrea, are you there? Yes, I can hear you. Uh, Andrea. So I'm not hearing anything, but I'm going to tell you the reason I had you all do that exercise is that you can go home and do that with a paper and pencil. I'd love you to describe the building that you go into and what it looks like. Um, The halls of the archivist and the halls of justice inside are very clean and pure and I, if I could have done that exercise longer we would have asked you each one I gave you what it looked like when you went to your table but it's an interesting concept you can go in there anytime the only thing that is important if you do go in there and you're not walk through it is make sure you shut the door after you walk out remember when I said walk out the door so when you walk out the door, shut that door, and then go to the elevator. Yes. Um, Andrea, she says right side of the book said Stone Age. The, on, the right, on the right side of her book, it said Stone Age. Stone Age? Yep. That was for Andrea. Well, I love that because it's telling you where that lifetime will lead you. Stone Age. I mean, who wouldn't love that? I mean, that's telling you right there. Where you're like, it doesn't have to be cryptic. That's what it says on one page. That's what you've got to look at. Did you, I'm assuming you said Stone Age and not Stonehenge? Stone Age, yes. Okay. So I would, I would believe what is the Stone Age? We all know what the Stone Age is. So back and start looking at what the Stone Age is, and you will find there's a reason why that they're bringing you back to that life. Because, see, in that in your book of, 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 um, of past lives, there's many of them. But why did you see those pages when we took you right down? It's because that's the lifetime 
they want you to look into as a learn from that you're bringing into this lifetime. So I think that's really interesting. Um, can we try to bring in Sarah? I'm sorry? Can we try to bring in Sarah? Of course. All right, Sarah, can you speak? Yeah, can you hear me? Right, Sarah. Hi. I can't see you, but I can hear you. Okay. Um, can you see me now? Oh, oh hi. Hi. <laughs> so, um, my building was pretty boring. It was just like a regular office building. And the um, archival room was like um, very medical, kind of sterile. But I could tell that there was hubbub going around in there, but I couldn't see anyone. But there was this one woman who stood out to me. And um, she seemed kind of like, I don't know, it sounds ridiculous, but kind of like ancient Roman, kind of with um, like a toga dress and her hair pulled back. And then when I made it to the room with my book and opened it, it just had the symbol for Rome, the STQR, on the right-hand side. And then we met, she was in there as well, and we made eye contact again. Mm -hmm. So here's what I would tell you, because this is super interesting, and I love, I love that you saw that, because, you know, you can look at that lady with the toga dress and tell where you were. Mm -hmm. and right. The thing about the archivist is you can't see them. You <laughs> probably work in the beginning. And when you go into the, the book of where your archive is, it is shared. Yeah. There's no one in but you. And before, there is also uh, a building, which is where I think you started at, which is where we find what well, I would love to go through this with everybody is their safety. Space, where you go to meet your guides and to meet all of your people. And that's what we, that's another building that we ask you to go to. And it actually spirit meets you there. You can, you know, there's an elevator where spirit and you can just see the spirit coming out. And you can see your, your, your you know, you can look for your, um, your, um, paper and your uh, spirit guide and anyone else that wants to come and talk to you, I'll say that's where I think you were. And mm -hmm. I love that you have and I love that you had that girl talk to you. Do you can you make it out anything that she would have said to you or had you thought about? No, but I just I she didn't really speak to me, but I just felt um like a knowing, like a validation or that she heard me. Mm -hmm. And I kept looking back for her as I was walking out and we just kept making eye contact. So do you know who your spirit guides are? I don't think so. Maybe my mom. I've always kind of felt a connection there. So I feel like she is one of your group. I think you have a group of spirit guides. I think you have a team in with one, but I feel like she is, she is actually part of your group. I do believe that you have the reason why I say that is I do feel that in Rome, that's where you had seen her, you had a lot. And I am going to assume that you knew her there, which is why she's with you now. Um, is your mom deceased? There's someone else deceased with her. Yeah. So, 
she's saying, again, this is in the show, but she's saying that she knows that it was hard when she left you, um, and she's weeping, you know, and she said that she knows it's tough on you to be here without her. It, it was, how long ago was this? Because I don't feel, it was August of 2022. Yeah. Um, she had a choice, which sounds crazy, but she said if she had a choice, she would have stayed with you forever. <laughs> I know. Um, she wants you to live your life. She loves how you are living it. She says sometimes you're melancholy. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> and she's saying that where that's not advancing all the time, it's going to be that way for her because you have a full life ahead of you. And she said if you're going to honor her, um, well, she honors you because she loves you very, very much. You feel it in my heart. Um, she wants you to know that you waste your life, that you're wasting her. And she thinks that might help you to move on. Okay. She also said that she's with you and you're right. She is not your spirit guide, but she's with you. She's your mom. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, she said something about you know when she's there, maybe at night. Yeah, all the time. And she said that she doesn't need me to tell you what I'm telling you already know. So even when you're in the citizen, that's what she's saying. And she's also saying, I don't know what she's saying, but she's saying, make sure you speak yourself. I know what she's saying. <laughs> uh, I love that you found, I love that you definitely had, I can see you in Rome, actually. And I can see you here. Um, it's, you know, I want to say the Parthenon only because I think it's and I don't know that it is that. Um, I do feel that when you were there, you were pretty you were royalty, meaning that you were watching a lot of that horrible stuff that was going on, you know, with the fighting and everything. You were, <clears throat> but you didn't have choice. So I do believe that you actually lived a very guilty life when you were there. And that means that in this life or in life, because that was way back that you need to live a guilt life and then you work really hard. One of the lives I do see that you were in, um, I feel like they want to say um, mother goose. Like mm. you were you were like um, you were pretty poor. And mm. I wanted to live in a shoe, but I know you didn't, but that's that she was of it. And it is like you're coming back down to that. And I feel like you're comfortably comfortable with your body. Um, and I don't feel when you have money, you don't have money, it matters to you, you feel you like what you're doing, and you feel smooth, as well as I say, I don't know why. Mm -hmm. yeah, but that's what it's about. You okay. Yeah, fair. That's fair. All right, thank you, Bonnie. Okay, thank we, you. We, uh, we appreciate you joining us this evening uh, here at the Ohio Metaphysical Society. Friendly reminder, we'll be doing this all again next month on the first Friday. And we look forward to everybody joining us uh, then. Do you have any final words, Bonnie? Yeah, thank you. I just want to thank everybody. Um, it was a pretty quick, it's pretty quick. There's a lot of, you know, exercises you can do. One, you can find, just like I was telling you, that was a young lady, and you can find your, your building. 
and your movement is your safe space. And that's another shift out. But with Pam's lives, it is to me the actually so fascinating. It touches every part of what I do. So I hope that, that I gave you a little bit of spark to you know and look into it. I've given you there's six books here and I'm not a book reader that I think will fascinate you. Again, Dr. Brian Weiss, he's an MD. He's written many books, but this is the first one I'd like you to read. And the next one is the guy that now has a school that he teaches during a soul, Dr. Michael Newton, and he is a PhD. And another word before I leave is uh, I also have um, consulted, I have a lot of psychologists and some psychiatrists that consult me because we are the best, um, I feel, healers that we can be for people who passed over. And um, even though it's not about the past lives, but I do believe God's life touch everything, I want you to all know that this work is important. And everything that we learn and everything we do um, goes to the next generation. And that used to be when I was a kid, I didn't know that I had any different gifts because I always thought everyone talked to God and the angels and everything. And what I did is I always thought that would never bother me. And in this day and age, what we're seeing is these kids are coming out, crystal children, uh, every, they believe in spirit from the day that they are born. And I'm seeing more and more of this. And I love that you were all on this journey. And if you're here, that means you are. So thank you for listening. And thank you for you coming and wanting to participate. And Appreciate it. All right. Thank you guys. I appreciate uh, Bye. Joining us, and we will see you guys all next month. Thank you. Recording stopped. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you.